welcome to another episode of Dangerous to Go Alone. I'm Jay Ray, and my favorite comic book character is Iron Fist. And I'm Amanda, and I ate an entire can of salt and vinegar Pringles last night, and there are still parts of my mouth that I can't feel 24 hours later. <laughs> you always one-up me. I'm always worried about going first, but the fact I'm like, oh, she won't know. She won't know how to like respond, and then you just like blow me out of water. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. It's true. I can't feel parts of my mouth, and everything tastes not right. My taste buds are destroyed. Because it's all the blood. <laughs> it's that copper glaze that you're putting on everything you consume today. Oof. Um, okay, so this week's episode, we're, we're getting away from movies. I'm taking a step back. Thank you for the physical silent nod. Very <laughs> conducive to this audio forum, Matt. Um, yeah, so we are going to talk about something that we just came up with today. It's going to be fun, loosey-goosey, but we are going to talk about the merits of gameplay versus story in video games, some of our experiences with various games that have different uh, uh, proportions of these two different features, Um, and yeah, so because Amanda's been so quiet, I'm going to slowly push the conversation (laughs) toward her to see if she has input. Yeah, no, I mean, I can start. I, I think um, I think what's going to be interesting about this conversation is I'm going to say something right now, and I think I bet you over the course of this conversation, by the end of it, I'll feel a little bit differently than what oh. I'm about to just say. Nope, totally fair. Like- but I think for me, um, when it comes to gaming, story is one of the most, if not the most, important factors in me liking a game. Like, I think I play video games because I like stories. Yeah. I like to read. I was an English major. I like to watch movies. I like to watch TV shows. I'm a story junkie. Yeah. And I think video games is just another form of media in which to consume story. Okay. Um, for me, for the most part. So so that's where, uh, yeah. So, I don't so, know. so story the, at, is pretty important to me. At the top of the conversation, story is important to Amanda. Very important. Um, Key. Okay, so... So then, okay, if that's how we're going to start, I'm going to say you're wrong. <laughs> uh, how do I feel? I think I feel... I think you feel a little less that way. If yeah. If you don't care yeah. that I judge you it, a little no, bit. That's totally fine. Well, because I will say, and it's... Yeah, I will say gameplay is important to me because of the medium we're discussing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're talking about books, it has to be well-written. And it's subjective, obviously, because you get things like Slaughterhouse-Five that are told really weird, but considered a classic. Uh, But then you go the other way to something like The Great Gatsby, which is probably very well written, if some people in this podcast didn't hate it so much. (laughs) Um, But they're both... Jay Ray hates The Great Gatsby. It's something we talk about a lot. Yeah. Um, But both considered critically well-received books. Totes. That being said, something like Fifty Shades or Twilight which are not considered to be well-written, though the stories are interesting. Yeah, well, not to get too off-topic on this for a second, but I want to say um, that Stephanie Mayer, who wrote Twilight, um, she was once quoted as saying, and this is not a direct quote, I'm paraphrasing her right now, but she was once quoted as saying that she she knows she's not a good writer, basically. She's like, I'm not the best writer. I'm a great storyteller. That's what she said about herself. And I have to say, hate her though I do, she's not entirely wrong. Mm. She came up with a story that is hers and hers alone, and I couldn't have done it. So good on you, Stephanie Mayer. Well, so, and that's a great thing to bring up, because that's why I feel like, so today, J. Ray, 28 years old, 2016, is in a place where I can see story being more important than I had originally thought. But I would still be inclined to say gameplay is also very important. Yeah. And maybe a little bit more so at the beginning of this episode. Great. Let's see if we flip-flop. <laughs> um, so I think the easiest thing to do will be to reference some games we are currently playing. Sounds good. So we are knee-deep in Doom. Doom. And you are waist-deep in Life is Strange. I am. Um... Very similar games. <laughs> uh, no, super different. Super different. I have to say, for the sake of this podcast, it has been like so bizarre for me 
personally, to literally, like, be playing Life is Strange, turn it off, and one minute later, start playing Doom. Because I have these moments, and you know what, it's funny too, I was trying to explain it to my mom, and like, both games are rated M. They both have like, certain adult themes and adult content, right. as, you, as you might say. Um, both games, not for my mother, for those reasons. Uh, but, like, these games could not be any more different if they tried. They're literally the exact opposite. Right. One game is 100% about story, and one game is 100% about gameplay. Yeah. Like, Life is Strange is the one about gameplay, and Doom is the one about story. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Uh, no, you know, it's true, because a lot of moments in Doom that off- are offered up as, like, storytelling elements, the main character, Doom Slayer, the Marine... Doom Man, I think Do- they call Doom him. Doom Man? Do- yeah, that's what I read. Doom something. Doom Guy. Doom Guy, that's what it is. Um, he will blatantly do something to disregard the story. Yeah, you know, if true. someone's talking, he'll punch he'll the terminal punch that the voice is coming yeah, out of, or whatever. Yeah. So you're right. In I that, have like, to say, also though, there is a story, and I'm playing two save files of Doom right yeah. now. One, Jerry and I are playing through together, where we pass the controller, we're taking turns, and one, I'm playing through myself, and it's really funny. In my own playthrough, I'm like, oh, I didn't understand this at all. Like in terms uh-huh. of like the story, I completely missed it when I was playing with you. Right, right. No, that's that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. So there is story there. No, there is. And especially if you're looking for it, like it's there. Right. Well, <laughs> but why look for it? Yeah, and and I mean, so I'll have more to say about Doom than I do about Life is Strange, but I will say that Doom is part of a franchise mm-hmm. and an old one, considering. Um, in terms of video games, anyways. Yeah, I think the first game was like 93? Yeah, we're talking like original Windows machines, Macintosh machines, before like they had different operating like systems and all that stuff. Like the first first-person shooter, maybe. I mean, it's one of the first popular first-person yeah. shooters at the very least, for sure. I mean, that's years before GoldenEye. <clears throat> GoldenEye didn't come out till like 99. Oh, yeah, before GoldenEye, before well, Counter-Strike. People like to say GoldenEye for whatever reason. I guess because it looks the most like Well, and it was today. on a console. And it was on a console, yeah, yeah, good point. Which is like the accessible way to play video games, I'd say. Anyways, yeah. point being, the story, I think, really resonates with people who are fans of that franchise. But mm. similarly, the gameplay is good enough to keep those like us who aren't familiar with the franchise and the history of it uh, to still stick around because we just want to see what else we get to do moving forward. Mm. On the flip side, Life is Strange plays very much how you would expect an episodic story-based game to play. You are in this kind of third-person camera mode. Your uh, movement is kind of limited to various, like, scenes, right? Mm. Um... There are areas that you just simply can't go to because you can't. The only time you can do anything aside from moving is, like, interactions. Right. And then those interactions are usually broken down to look at it and then do something with it. Right. <clears throat> and then there's obviously all the conversations and Yeah, a million quick choices in between, things. of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the point is to get information so that you can be more informed when story stuff happens and you could react story-wise appropriately. It's true. And there are some, like, do-this-real-quick moments in Life is Strange and Walking Dead, which we played together. Yeah. Um, But they're very different than Doom. Yeah, they're definitely very different than Doom, for sure. But I also want to say, because I am waist-deep in Life is Strange right now, I had this moment yesterday. um, So I've just finished Episode 3 of Life is Strange. And for whatever reason, Episode 3 was, like, one of the least uh, least exciting isn't the right word but like the least amount of stuff going on in mm. a certain way I'm not going to give away any spoilers here I think we're going to try to avoid that in this yeah. episode but um, kind of boring like it was just like some stuff happened some like normal teenage sort of stuff I mean there's information of course but like nothing like huge um, and exciting in terms of story happened whereas I guess I have to spoil just a little bit. Sure. We had, you know, a gun-waving scene in episode one, which is kind of like high stakes. You know, somebody's life is in danger here. Um, right. And the same thing in, in episode two, lives in danger, that sort of thing. So, um, anyway, because of this, in this moment yesterday, I was like, this game's kind of boring. Not trying to knock Life is Strange here, in case Alex is listening. I think it's a great game. Right. Um, but... But there's really, like, not a lot happening at all. The, 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 and I think the mechanics of it, in fact, are actually kind of, like, not great. Yeah. Um, 
there was a scene I played yesterday where you're in a locker room and you're like hiding because there's a security guard coming. And so you sort of have to like walk around this thing and of course rewind time to make sure he doesn't see you so you can escape out the door while he's on the other side of the lockers and like this whole thing. But like it was confusing for me because like, I don't know, I feel like they just like throw that gameplay at you and it's weird. Right. And they've started to expect it of me to like know when I should and shouldn't rewind time. Right. But like my brain doesn't think like that while I'm playing it. Um and I just think the mechanics, like, aren't great. In comparison to The Walking Dead, which is a very similar game in a lot of ways, not a lot happening or whatever, but you have these, like, action moments because right. of the what the game is about, right. a zombie apocalypse world or whatever. So they're... Well, you have to put a cursor over, like, a face and then hit X to shoot To shoot face. it, right. right. Yeah, and it's, again, not the kind of great mechanics that you might see in something like Doom right. or whatever, but uh, or any other game. But, uh... But better, I think, than Life is Strange, which just seems kind of weird and awkward. Hmm. And really, like, it, it seems like the people who created that game was like, the people are here for the story, so let's just let the story do it, do its thing. Right. Which I think is fair, and because I'm a story person, that pleases me. But I can see why other people might have some, like, big complaints about the gameplay of it, because it's all very strange. Life is strange. Life is strange. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I'll be that here makes all sense. Night. Well, so part of me wonders the purpose of episodic gaming, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm still about this whole gameplay versus story, but so there was a new Hitman that had come out in the past year, and it is being released in episodes. Oh, now Hitman is a third-person stealth action game. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so very different. In each episode, really, is more of like a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. And it's, you know, a lot of people were like, well, what the hell? Right. But it's being really well received. And people feel like what it is is the time in between each episode allows the developers to tweak the little things that Mm. people had felt about previous game episodes. That's kind of cool. And I had always been under the impression that episodic games that are story-based are similar. Where maybe they have a rough outline and the script for the first episode. They do it, produce it, put it up, and they already start working on all the other episodes. But they get this feedback for episode one or whatever where they're like, you know, well, people didn't really like the way the shooting went down in this scene. They thought the controls were too weird. And they could make that adjustment for episode two. Or, you know, they're like, it was too hard to find medicine in episode one in that pharmacy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking at the numbers. People spent way too long there. They just couldn't figure out what the hell. So we have to do something that's more visually cueing them. Right. Um... And Telltale Games, which makes Walking Dead, they have really irregular release schedules, which a lot of people hate. Mm. Because it's not like get an episode every month. Right, right, The game will be out in six months. It's, here's an episode. Right. See ya. (laughs) Right. Uh, So that's why I always thought there was a lot of development in between episodes. So I wonder if Life is Strange followed suit like that. Because I know it was released episodically. Yes, it was. I think over a great deal of time. Right. From what I understand. There's only five episodes, I think. So... So, yeah, probably. Right. Probably. So, and then is that why? Because maybe these are smaller developers who are focusing on the story, and that's why they can allow some of these gameplay faux pas to kind of go through to the public. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, there's nothing really to be fixed about it. I mean, it comes down to the question, right, of, like, what do you want your game to do? Like, what's really important here? Mm. And it's not like the gameplay is so horrible that I can't play this game. Um but it's very clear to me that the story is more important to these people, or they would make the gameplay more entertaining. Oh. Um, and again, I, it's been a while, I guess. Maybe I should pick up Walking Dead again to see how it how it fares, but I just feel like the gameplay is better. Or matters more. It's not even that it's better, it's that it like is more important. Um, and it, it might also just be like me. I forget that I can rewind time. <laughs> because it's, like, not a thing a normal person can do, so it doesn't seem like an option, even though I should remember it's an option. Yeah, I mean, you are three episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> I just forget, because, yeah. like, I'm used to stick having to stick with my choices, like right. in The Walking Dead. Yeah, I And will they say, time your choices in The Walking Dead, they and do. they do not in Life is Right, Strange. so you could, like, sit there staring at your stupid and teacher I do. for, like, ten minutes. And then I rewind it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and see what, what, they, what happens if I say the other answer. Yeah, I mean, we loosely talked about it, but what had confused me a little bit about life is strange is that rewind mechanic in terms of choices that seem to have an impact on 
story mm-hmm. because from what I can tell, you could rewind any decision you ever make. So you could Pretty do something that will annoy someone and then rewind, yep. have the information of what would happen when you annoy them, and then respond differently and not annoy them. Correct. I mean, basically, yeah, like I could... And I have now started to do that, by the way. I've made decisions and then been like, well, I wonder what the other decision would have, how that would have gone. Right. And then um, decide which way you want to go, which right. I feel like kind of takes away from like the live with your choices kind of bit yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if they're still telling a good story, it's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. I also have to say most of the choices that I've done that with, you can't tell like immediately afterwards how that's going to affect something right. in the future or whatever. Right. It's just like the immediate scene afterwards that you get, so... Yeah. yeah, but it does. It feels a lot less because of the time rewind. It feels a lot less as compared to Walking Dead is like stressful to yeah. me. Life is Strange is like very chill to me, even though it's kind of like a high stakes story. Yeah, um, that has an amount of stress to it. Like it's pretty chill because like again, you can rewind and you can like I don't know, you can take your time right. like, choosing your option. Um, whereas there's those moments in The Walking Dead where it's like save this person or save this person decide right. in two seconds yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean I had read it somewhere and I really should find it because I keep telling you about it but I remember a developer on the Telltale team had said something about it's kind of their goal to get the end episode choice statistics mm-hmm. to be as close to even as possible because they want to make a game that you can really do whatever you want to do story-wise right. and feel okay about it. Right. And you've been sending me the end screens for each episode that you've been playing, and those numbers are not as close. They not get, as they're close They're close-ish. Some, some of them are, but, but, but some, some are like of them 70, are really 30, not. Some yeah. are 80-20, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think one of the ones I sent you was like 90-10. Yeah. Which... Because nobody was going to kill that dog. <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler uh, alert. Which would make you wonder... Like, is there an ideal way for the story to play out for the Life is Strange developers? It sort know? of seems like there might be. Yeah. Um, I I know I haven't finished it, but I have this sense also, though, that at some point, um, based on where I am in episode three, uh, which I can tell you about later, that there is going to be a point at which, like, you're going to have to make it... I feel like the end of the game is probably going to be, like... Based on a decision. One of these things really is, like, soon. you're going to have to make a huge fucking choice. Right. To either do this or do that, and they're both like not great options, right. and that's going to be the end of this game. But I don't know that I haven't right, gotten there. Right. You get that feeling. Yeah, I'm pretty sure after the end of episode three, which I will tell you about later. Okay. Because <laughs> um, then, if we go in a different direction, and we look at things like Minecraft and No Man's Sky, yeah, essentially no story. You right. know, there's. You know, Minecraft, there's, like, there's no story per se, but there's an end game. And No Man's Sky has these, like, loose sprinkles of, like, facts about the universe you're in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But there's really no, there's no reason to do the next thing. There's no reason you need a pickaxe in right. Minecraft. Right. I could just keep punching trees. Right. You know, and I could punch rocks all I want. Um, and that, that could be my life. I could be a rock puncher. <laughs> yeah, whatever category of games we're going to call these games, like Minecraft and No Man's Sky, these yeah. are games I do not like. Right. Yeah. As a category of games. Right, because of that open-endedness. Yeah. Um, but it can be said, and No Man's Sky is up for debate, I think. I've been, you know, it's it's still really new, so I can't say it's going to be up there in the pantheon of Minecraftiness. Sure. But, um... The point is that there's no story. Right. You do what you want to do. Yep. But the mechanics are pretty solid, you know. People have been playing Minecraft for, like, six years. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they just want to play. Right. Though I will say, no offense to either of those games, even though I'm Please. already coming out and uh, saying those away. aren't my kind yeah. of games. Um, when I think of games that have, like, good mechanics and are, like, mechanic-based and not story-based... They're not the kind of games I would ever that would ever even come to mind for me. Mm. I think the kind of games that um, are really just about gameplay are, are things like Rocket League. We mm. play a lot of Rocket League, yeah. or like even Super Smash Brothers, yeah. um, something like that. And I think like it it may just be that those things like have a context to them. Mm. So oh sure yeah that makes you sense. know like. Soccer but, with cars. Yep. So we have a context to it that is our own, not like a story, but is our own understanding. You can't just drive around the arena. There's a point. Right. There's to a the point. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And and again, like with Super Smash Brothers or something, it's like 
a fighting game with our favorite beloved characters, right, right. you know? Yep. So there's, like, a context to it. Um, and, and, again, an end goal, like a point at which it right. be- there's a beginning, middle, and end. There's a timer, that kind right. of thing. Um, so, so, yeah. So, And I think those games, that's where gameplay really, really matters. What about, well, so there is a point, but, like, Tetris. Mm. I was recently asked on another podcast. I don't want to name drop. Okay. Why shouldn't you name drop? Everybody should listen to your other podcasts because they probably think you're charming and endearing and, and they I want go. to hear your voice more. No, because I'm on that other podcast. I'm very shouty and angry. That's yeah, true. He uh, is. But uh, I had said Shy Tetris. Gaming podcast. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I had said Tetris, I think, to me is one of my like best concepts of a game. Wow. I was asked on the spot. I don't recall it being words. a talking point, but I was like, you know, they're like, what game epitomizes gaming to you? Oh, and I was like, sure. well, Tetris feels that way. Yeah, you know? I agree. Um, that's it's, a puzzle game. That's well, that's something a, else. to me. It was just like it's just like a game. Mm-hmm. Get it? Get points? Do a thing, <laughs> and it's a game. You know, yeah. Pong is like that. Really, yep. like all of that. Really, super simple. And I think Rocket League and Smash are like that too. Really, I mean, right? They get more, more complicated, complicated, but, yes, but so that's same exactly idea. Right. Yeah. So, and that's why I didn't pick it's them game. though, because right. they're just kind of advanced versions Absolutely. of Tetris. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, because right, because Minecraft, there like really is no points. You get experience, and then you could lose it in an instant, and right. you could lose everything and just keep going. Um, but then on the flip side, uh, as those games have no context. Something like Skyrim, mm. which would not no people wouldn't put that in the same category, but you as No Man's Sky and Minecraft, or, right? Yeah, most people wouldn't, but yeah. you don't like it in a similar way. I don't like it in a similar way, but I wouldn't put it in that same category either. I don't okay. think. Um, yeah, I think the thing about Skyrim is like there's stuff to do, obviously, because there are side quests and you fight things and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's more than just going around a planet and identifying stuff. Um, and there's more than just building a house or I really don't know what the point of Minecraft is even to this day. Like at least there is some direction in No Man's Sky insofar as like, these are the eight things you can do. But Minecraft right. is like so fucking open. Like I just can't even. But anyway, um, it's really not. <laughs> I mean, you. I, mean, I just don't you, know what you I'm can't supposed even, to you do. You can't even build complex I structures. Have no imagination. You can't build circles. I'm going to you know tell you. I'm going to tell you a true story. Right okay. Now. When I was a kid, I wasn't a kid. This was like maybe ten years ago. Okay. Okay. I was playing with blocks because I don't know why. Like I was Legos like, or something. Yeah, yeah. They were or like, like they were like kid Legos. Okay. Like those like really like big ones that like yeah. yeah like mega blocks, but they weren't mega blocks. Um, and I was putting this thing together. I was making a little house or whatever, and I put a door on it. And I put whatever. And my sister was watching me do this for some reason. And when I was finished, she looked at me and she said, "Do you have to put everything on there evenly?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, and she's like, "Well, like you have four walls. They're all the same height. Everything's even. Like it, it's like all equal." And right. I was like, and I looked at her and I was like, "Yes." And she was like, well, why couldn't you just do this instead? Like, doesn't, isn't that fun? I'm like, it is not fun. I don't know why anybody would think this is fun. Because I am like this super type A crazy person who can't even fucking build a block castle that's creative and fun because I have no creative or fun bones in my entire body. Right. That's different. It's not really different because I think the problem is is the same for Minecraft. Like, you put this thing down in front of me. So and say, do whatever you want. You know what you didn't do in Minecraft? <laughs> you didn't build a house. We did build a house. Okay, yeah. We did. As in, we were both signed in. But who built that house? <laughs> I helped. Okay, maybe. She didn't. <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. I mean, you know what I mean? But you put this thing down in front of me, like Minecraft, to, to the extreme of all three of these games. I would put, If we were going to put them on a scale, Skyrim, there's stuff to do. Right. No Man's Sky, there's less stuff to do. Minecraft. There's no stuff to do. Or rather, I should really say it in the reverse. There's everything to do in Minecraft. And that's why I'm, I'm debilitated and I can't do anything. Because you put it down in front of me and I go, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Well, I mean, it's interesting, too, because I just feel like there would traditionally be, and maybe it's because of the games that I played during, like, my hoorah of gaming, mm. that, like, you feel like, well, this is just what I need. So I say build a house, but, like, you need to build a base of operations, right? Right. Like, you need a place where you spawn so sure. that you don't have to be outside to die all the time. Right. Which, like, makes That's sense true. to me. 
That's true. So but that then should what do be like your first that? thought. Well, then you like want gear because now, well, because at that point you've been like, okay, well, it takes a really long time to mine wood hmm. or it takes a really long time to get cobblestone. So now I need better gear so I could do that stuff faster. And then as you're out, then maybe you would have died by an enemy. You're like, okay, well right. now I need a sword or something. And then like, there's a bit of a natural progression in how you feel you need to prepare yourself to interact with the world that's around mm-hmm. your dirt house. Sure. And then a creeper blows up the dirt, and you're like, well, that's too easy. Well, from what I can tell, no, no Man's Sky is just the same, really. Like, there's a natural progression here of, like, you need this stuff to fix these certain things on your ship, and then, right. like, moving yeah. forward, you, like, need... No, that's true. I mean, I encountered... Maybe I just a... don't see it with Minecraft, and maybe it's because I played it with you that I don't see it. It could be, because maybe I tainted that experience, but yeah. you certainly weren't going to play it on your own. No, I definitely wasn't. Yeah, which is why I did <laughs> Which is fun, because like, yeah. I, I just don't have to play this thing, Well, that's okay. So, so I... And the, you know, so it's good that we're talking about Minecraft in this capacity because then where that lack of story is is your own story. Right. So I have a story in No Man's Sky, for example, where just last night I went to a moon for whatever reason. I was by a moon. I was like, let me discover this moon real quick. You know, check it out. Sure. And when you get out of your ship, it tells you some information about the planet. Okay. General atmosphere type the bountifulness of the plant life, mm-hmm. the animal life, and then the behavior of the sentinels, which are these little robots that go around making sure you don't overmine the planet. Right. And it said aggressive in bright red text. And I was like, oh. Uh, the sentinels. I, yeah. And okay. I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. Uh-huh. Um, so I walked just for a little bit, and one little robot sees me and is instantly mad. I haven't done anything. I didn't take anything yet. It just sees me and it's very upset. So wow. it starts shooting at me. And I shoot back, and then the water level goes up. And now a new robot I've never seen before shows up. And now I have to fight this thing where I can run away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I'm doing this, I notice that there's a material that's worth a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, but like I want this. Right. But do I want to fight these guys? They didn't do anything wrong to me. Sure. But then it becomes like this personal story. Similarly, like where I'm sure I have two or three Minecraft stories, you know? Right. That makes sense. Um, in a way that Life is Strange doesn't give you that. Nope. You can share your stories with people being like, oh, well, this is what I did with so-and-so instead. Right. Um, but ultimately, you're playing through the story that's crafted for you mm-hmm. as opposed to these other open games. I mean, even Skyrim that has, like, plot development, right. but there's a lot of different things. When I played my first through, I was an elf who joined the Thieves Guild, mm-hmm. and I focused a lot more on which faction in the Civil War I sided with mm-hmm. as opposed to the dragon stuff. Right. Um, but other people maybe went differently. Right. Like, maybe they disregarded that whole faction thing entirely, and they ended up joining the, uh, I forget what they're called, but, like, the Warriors group, and that end game for that Warriors group story is that you turn into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Super different story. Yep. You know? Um, but it's still structured, and you'll f- you'll have similar experiences as other people because it's what the game wrote. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Which it is, like, obviously, Life is Strange and The Walking Dead give you options which mm. affect the story, but that's very different than changing the story entirely, which yeah. is what you're talking about with Skyrim. Right. Whereas, like, in The Walking Dead and Life is Strange, regardless of the choices that you make, you're going to be faced with all of the same choices moving forward. Mm. So, um, you know, if you choose to say yes to this thing here, then whatever the next question is will still exist, even if you... Whether you said yes or no to that thing. Right. Because the thing progresses forward, right? So, like, in The Walking Dead, there was a point in time where when J-Ray played, he saved one person, which made another person mm-hmm. die. And when I played, I did the reverse. I saved the other person, which made the person J-Ray had chosen die. But at the end of the day, regardless, our game played out the same way in terms of the choices that we had moving forward. Right. And ultimately, that character who we both saved ends up dying anyways. Right. In a situation that we couldn't have stopped regardless. Right. But that was, like, episodes later. Yeah. No, no, it was. It was. So, like, it, it, so it affected the story insofar as we had different characters with us. Right. But it didn't affect the, the choices that the game was going to force you to be faced with moving forward. Right. It didn't affect, like, where you traveled to next, for right. example. Right. Or something that would change the story entirely. For sure. Right. And this is also true of Life is Strange. So, yeah. Life is Strange. So... So yeah, so that's why Life's Sky- Mad Strange. <laughs> Life's Mad Strange, yeah. So yeah, that's why yeah, different right. than Skyrim because right. there is like still you, you like get to make choices within a right. story, right? Yeah. Like Walking Dead season one, I think ends in the same one of two ways, anyways. Two ways. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. 
Um, so Correct. regardless of what you did for the past five episodes, mm-hmm. that last choice is going to be that. that choice. Exactly. And I think that's going to be true of Life is Strange at the end and has been th- true all along. Right. Yeah. Now, I will say, so you never played Mass Effect. That's no. probably one of my favorite gaming yeah, try it experiences. Sometime. Yeah. Um, and it had touted itself as this gaming experience where there were a thousand possibilities at the end. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect 3 comes out, which was the last game, and it was like highly criticized for people feeling like it kind of just followed this template and it wasn't like a thousand different possibilities because ultimately right. it was one thing or the other thing or the other thing. Right. And you're saying in the same vein as Life is Strange and The Walking Dead in terms of your choices. Right. right. Yeah, right. But, you're still getting the same story. But they said something interesting, and maybe it's PR nonsense to save their own butts, but Probably. I heard it and I was like, oh, wait, that's kind of true. Right. In that. You know, we feel like literally the last scene before the credits is the la- is the ending, and there are only so many options at that ending. You know, right? Regardless of what you've done for the past three games, right? But they're like, well, really, it's like the last two hours is the ending, because so and so you saved in game one, mm-hmm. and they're there in game three, right? And so and so died in game two, and you, they won't turn up again, right? And that's all the ending, right? So sure, ultimately. This war ends into this single moment where you decide. But you have to reflect upon the concept that, well, your team of whoever's around is part of your story. Yeah, totally. So you can, you know, you could say he's there and she's there in a way that someone else couldn't. Right. And similarly, other people will have other friends there or other weapons. And plus the gameplay styles and like you're a good guy going in or you're a bad guy going, you know. So like to them, it was like a much broader sense of what the end was. Totally. And because I didn't hate the ending of Mass Effect 3, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but other people are like, that's bullshit. No, it know? is still kind of fair, though, because, I mean, it, it is going to affect, um, you know, the same events will happen, right? right. But it's going to affect the way the story is. So, like, in The Walking Dead, I was a real dick to Kenny all the time. Right. And so Kenny was a dick back to me. Now, whatever happened in Kenny's story happened anyway. The things that were going to happen to Kenny and his right. family were going to happen no matter how you treated Kenny. Right. But the way in which Kenny interacted with you versus how he interacted with me, it was completely different because I was always an asshole to Kenny and you were always nice to him because you're an idiot because that guy's a douchebag. But whatever. Duck died. (laughs) Oh my God, we're not doing spoilers. It's a really old game. Jesus Christ. It's all season one stuff. What the fuck? Deal with it. (laughs) Deal with it, internet. Similarly, in Life is Strange, just to keep going with the jokes here, um, (laughs) in Life is Strange, like... You can have um, Max, like, sort of have this relationship with this kid, Warren. Right. Like, he asks her to go to the movies. You can say yes or no to that, or to the drive-in, rather. And, like, there's these moments. Or you can have her have moments with Chloe and make her super gay. And personally, like, I'm playing her super bi, because I'm going with both of these people all the time. But anyway, the point is, all of that affects the way in which the story is told and the way in which the people interact with you. Right, because even is if, affecting the story, even though the facts of the right. events of the things are like, all the same. Because, like, ultimately, in episode five, when you get to, like, whatever the thing is, you'll still have the history of those experiences with those characters behind you. Right. So you end the game knowing those things. Right, and it affects it, because, like, I, I'm totally making this up because I don't know what happens, but let's just say... You know, you go really hard for Warren and, like, you two are right. in love and happy and blah, blah, blah. Or whatever. You're, like, dating or whatever might happen. Yep. And then Warren dies at the end of the game. Again, she's speculating. Speculating. I have not seen yeah. it. But let's just say that that was to happen. Then it's, like, if you were sort of dating him all along, that's going to affect the impact of that event. Right. Um, whereas if you were super cold to him and didn't like him and didn't right. want any of that, when he might die. I'm sure yeah. this doesn't happen. I have there's no reason for this character to be dead. Right. But whatever. As an example, right. like that would completely change his death. Right. right? Like it would completely change this event because right. of like the emotion and whatever surrounding the story. So the 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 like the consistency of the game experience though here, uh where that problem lies is that Max is a character mm-hmm. and Lee in season one of The Walking Dead is a character. So you'll walk away from the hypothetical death of Warren right. <laughs> um, as Amanda feeling something. Right. But Max is going to be programmed to feel whatever something feels, right. based on whatever it is that's already written. Right. So maybe the developers are real crafty and they 
bring in the dating experiences into her reaction to his, again, totally speculative <laughs> I'm death. sure it doesn't happen. Right. We really should have just made up a game for this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't it's know okay. why I use real well, Let's move it. Let's talk about the guy, Kogeko. Okay? <laughs> um, him and that stack of money with the eyeballs yeah, yeah, yeah. are dating. Then the stack of eyeballs dies. Right? So, if the game developers are being real crafty, the gecko will be sadder about it because he went on those dates. Right. Or the game developers didn't really care. <laughs> that's possible too. Because they feel like something else is happening that's bigger than just this stack of money's death. Right, right, right. Um, so the gecko might not react at all. But you as a player will have certain feelings because you feel a way. You know? Right. But, yeah, it's weird when those don't align with the character. Yeah. Walking Dead, I felt, did that a couple times. Mm-hmm. It does. There's a few weird moments. Where they give you options where you're like, I don't want to say any of this. Yeah. But the character would. Right. And it's like it kind of throws you out of it a little bit. It right? does. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. But, again, Lee is a character with a history. And so is Clementine in season two. And, like, it's hard. Because Clementine is interesting because you don't play as her, right? Right. So... Her personality is developed based on what you had done as her mentor in the first game. Right. But again, it's probably based only on so many different ways. It's very true. So is that bad? Or is it fine? Because these people are trying to tell us a story, and let's go through that story. No, I think it's fine. I think the people who want to complain about Mass Effect, I mean, perhaps they shouldn't have marketed it quite that way. Yeah. But I think the people who are mad at it are bullshit. Yeah. Because, like... Because that is a lot of different options, and it does affect story, and all these things matter. Right. And if you want to talk about, like, great literature in really, quote, boring novels like The Great Gatsby, it's all about that little stuff affecting that story, right? So, to me, that's just good storytelling. Yeah. And you're getting to make all of those choices. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Right. I mean, it's also, I don't want to be like, let's not get super philosophical here, but that's also, like, kind of how life is, right? Like, in life... You go about your day, and your car breaks down. Yeah. And all you can do is, like, control how you react to that thing or whatever. So, right. like, all the events in your life are going to happen anyway. Right. Yeah. You know? And this car thing is, like, both integral and an isolated incident. Right. Right. Totes. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, I like story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... So, so let's talk about mechanics here. Yes. Story is super important. Um, but there are some fun things in terms of gameplay. So, I mean, most big games today, you're doing something as a living organism, right? You may be an alien or some type of animal or a person or whatever, but generally that's how games are played today. There are some exceptions where there's some, like, fun stuff, but generally you're playing as a person. Right. Um, and I appreciate, like, so in Doom, we were playing the other day. Yep. And I did this thing where I jumped across a chasm, I shot rocket launcher midair, stunned the enemy, and then I punched them, causing me to land on them and break their face open. It was dope as shit. Thank you. Listeners. <laughs> but. Fucking dope as shit. <laughs> and it was, like, it was fun because, like, I wasn't, like, trying to do something cool. Right. I was like, I need to get somewhere. Right. This guy's in my way. <laughs> and now he's flashing. Right? So I did this stuff, and the game allowed me to do this thing that was actually kind of really badass. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that these storytelling games don't, because it wouldn't make sense if Max was Spider-Woman also. You know? <laughs> like, she's already got her thing. Right. So it wouldn't make sense if she was parkour expert extraordinaire. Um, so, and I, and I think that's... To me, it's really easy to like those games because it's like, it's just fun to play. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to, I mean, uh, maybe we're going too fast, too furious here a little bit. Too fast, too furious, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> it's two different movies. Uh, okay, whatever. They're dumb. Um, <laughs> okay, next week's episode. <laughs> Jerry loves the Fast and the Furious. Okay. So, he, but like you, what I think makes a really, really, really good game in general, or about gameplay mechanics. about this stuff, sure. okay, is stuff that does both of those things. Uh-huh. Um, so I feel like a game like The Last of Us yeah. has a really great fucking story. Can anything be infected, affected by the choices you make? 
there? No, right? In terms of story and stuff? Ultimately, no. I don't no. So. Okay. Yeah. So, really, really great story. Also, super fun gameplay in a similar way to what you're talking about with Doom. Obviously, like, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of different ways to play. You can decide to stealth kill something. You can right. charge. You can whatever. You have to conserve your ammo and shit like that. So, like, you're making those kinds of choices based on whatever you're faced with um, in that moment in a way that you're not with storytelling games like the life like life is strange or the walking dead um well because i remember an instance so you and i were playing together shortly for a bit the last of us yeah and we'll get back into it but um i was a bit worried like an abandoned building pretty early in the game and you're with two other characters and i was like sneaking around and amanda has this joke and i think she got it from a friend but we phrase it as prancing in such a way where you're playing a game a little too loosey-goosey given the situation that it's going to be and sometimes it's really successful right and other times like it's why you're dying just to explain this to the listeners the specific game that this originally came up in was sonic 2 um and what you are doing is you are prancing in a no prance zone right is what i say and what it basically what it means is like in sonic specifically like he can move really really quickly so you get to a point where there's like a bunch of enemies on this bridge and you just like run across it without pause without anything without time to consider your enemies and your options you just keep moving forward you don't duck and do that at sonic speed you know um and that's when you're prancing in a no prance zone Right. right So anyway. So in this situation, I was Joel, and I was sneaking around, and I was trying to meet up with these other two characters. And um, there's a function in the game that lets you, like, listen through walls. So I knew that there was an enemy-infected individual around the wall coming toward me. Right. And Amanda was feeling tense about the situation, because she wasn't (laughs) sure why I was doing what I was doing. Right. And I was too close to this thing. And at the last instant, it spots me, and I'm able to take it down with, like, a brick in my hand. Like, a couple quick things, and it's down. No other enemies are alerted or whatever. And, like, that's, like, that's like a similar badass moment. It's no jumping off of a chasm with a rocket launcher <laughs> and breaking a face open. But it's, like, it's, like, this real moment where a dude who's sneaking around with a bunch of infected people would beat the fudge out of this thing with a brick right. to stay quiet and unseen. Um but on the flip side, too, it tells this really compelling story. And you meet a lot of really interesting characters that also go through really interesting story arcs in and of themselves. I mean, that game is actually, it feels really long. It does feel really long. Because I'm just running through my head and there's actually a lot of characters that are important to that story that you run into. Yep. Considering it's like an apocalyptic world. Yep. And that game does do a great job of both. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who would disagree with that concept if they've played the game. Yeah, I agree. Well, that, and that's the thing, too, like, uh, about the stuff. So I said story is important to me, but, like, I, I recognize why gameplay is important, um, which is why I have criticism against the gameplay in Life is Strange. Um, and it's also why I can go ahead and criticize the story of Doom, or lack thereof of story of Doom, um, because there is a possibility with a game like The Last of Us and other games like it, where you can have both those things. You can right. have your cake and eat it, too. Right. You know, you don't have to, like, choose. Is this fun, or is this a good story? A really great game will be both, in my opinion. But are those the only great games? Probably not. Probably not. Because Rocket League. Because Rocket League is a great game. Tons of fun. No story. No story. Uh, what, are we toys? <laughs> are there people in these cars? What happens th- when they blow up? I always wonder if there's Who's people in the cars. Who's watching Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's people. I think they're like self, self-driving cars. Oh my god, are we the people? Is it all just like a little rally? Like people have like remote control cars? It's like Robot Wars but Rocket League? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, it's true. There is no story. And well. And like but, you were really compelled to keep playing Walking Dead. Yeah. Like, kind of on a whim. Yeah. Because you don't read the comics, you never watch the show. It's true. But you just heard about it and you're like, I'll try it. And yeah. you like the story enough to keep going into season two. Totally. Um, but we've said some of the gameplay isn't as like gamey. You've yeah. said the gameplay might be better than Stranger, Stranger strange. Than Fiction. <laughs> yeah. Life is Strange, yeah, but I would still say that it's not top tier gameplay. No, right? definitely yeah. not. Definitely not. I would agree with that. Yeah, well, I, the thing to me is like, Rocket League is a great game. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I would never, like, if I was going to be, like, some of the greatest games ever, 
I don't think I would ever put it up there or Smash Brothers or anything like that, which is probably stupid of me because those are some of the most played games on this earth. So wouldn't that make them the best um, if they're just the most enjoyable to play? Isn't that the point of games? But it depends on where you stand and what you think the point of games is. And the thing that I'm going to recommend to people as the greatest game ever is going to be something like The Last of Us that does both. Right. Personally. Totally personally. Um, no, and I think that's fair. But that's because I think story is important. I also think the thing about story, too, sometimes, is, like, story can help me overcome gameplay, too. Like, um, what was that game? I mean, that's definitely what got me through Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. There were things where, like, cutscenes are coming in really bad. Things are chunky. Like, a lot of those, like, previously on The Walking Dead. Like, do you remember how many times you tried to watch those? And, like, it was stuck on a single freeze frame, but we still hear the audio. Yeah. Like, that's really frustrating, and that's just kind of, like, a shitty game thing. Yeah, that's a shitty game thing, because, like, Life is Strange doesn't do that, for example. But we were still invested in that story, so we could struggle through the bad gameplay mechanics. Right. Um, Well, but I was going to use as an example um, that game, We Happy Few, that we saw the trailer for at E3. So I was, like, super jazzed about this game instantly, and I still feel pretty jazzed about it. Because I think the story looks so compelling. Yeah. And after I watched the trailer, I, one of the first things I said to you was, is this a first-person shooter? Right. And I said it with fear, because yeah. I don't really play first-person shooters. Doom is a weird exception. Don't ask me about it, listeners. I don't know what's happening. It's That's fine. totally fine, though, because Doom could be, like, the way that the universe is letting you know that, hey, you don't really hate first-person <laughs> shooters. You just didn't like playing Call of Duty in college like, seven times. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. But... Right. Regardless, right. say I really didn't yeah. like first-person shooters, which right. still might be true. Right. Let's just be clear. Because um, sometimes, like, you know, you go gay once, and you're like, that was fun, but this isn't for me again. Like, you're just gay for Jamie. You're just gay for Jamie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so anyway, so the point is, I think a really good story, like in We Happy Few, like after you said, yeah, I think it's first-person, to me, I was like... I was bummed, but I was also like, I'm going to play this game anyway, because right. the story looks awesome, and it seems worthwhile. So I think I could overcome what I might not enjoy as much, mm. just to get this good story, which is why I am a story Person. proponent. Right. Well, that said, because, like, what's the point of bad gameplay ever? Yeah. Like, you can have really good gameplay and a bad story, and it could still be a really great game, like Doom. Right. But if you have the reverse, really bad gameplay but a good story I mean it's tough it's they, tough because the proportions have to be really yeah like it really has to favor the story and the gameplay can't be like dog shit can't be dog shit right that's true um yeah that's tough right that's tough. this is a little bit more conversational but that's the other interesting thing too is because you and I played Portal 2 together yeah and you didn't hate it no it wasn't your cup of tea no but you also don't consider that a first person shooter so it's more like, because first-person shooters are a genre. Yeah. Games in the first-person perspective are not. Right. You know, Skyrim is not a first-person shooter. Right. Um, nor is... What? what the fuck are you doing? No Man's, no Sky. Man's Sky. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Y'all should have seen what I just did. Yeah, it was yep. really descriptive. If, I was, if we were playing Charade, she would have got it. If she no, was, like, I would not have. He cursing at like me. like an idiot. What? <laughs> um... But I'm not first person. by that whistle. Thank you. Um, <laughs> not first person shooters. Right. But in first person. In the first person, yep. Um, but there is a first person shooter genre. Call right. of Duty, Halo, Doom. Right. Those first person shooters. And I bring that up because We Happy Few might not be a first person shooter. shooter right. Just told just from first a first person, person perspective. Right. Um, actually, from what I've heard, I heard it's more like a survival game. Right. So you might really dig it because it might be some gameplay mechanics that you wouldn't have thought would be involved in a first person game. But it's just told from that perspective. And I will admit, too, that I'm very... I have to be careful around first-person games because I'm old. Mm. Because I get motion sick. Yeah. The first night I played No Man's Sky, yeah. I almost puked all over myself. <laughs> I was going to give up. You weren't um, going to puke that much. But I've played it quite a bit since. I was really going to puke a lot. Really? It was like buckets. Really? Buckets of vom. <laughs> um, no, I felt really That's sick. so fucking gross, dude. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I, but I had to like lay on the couch for like an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was even having trouble watching TV because things were moving. And I was right. like, get out of here. But I've played like hours since and not the, not the same problem. Yeah. So it could have been me just needing to get used to it. It could have been, you know, You're just whatever. being a little sensitive that day, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I played for an hour. Right. Anyways. Um, 
so I'm wondering if that's maybe part of your concern about first-person shooters is really like that perspective of things as opposed to yeah. some of the mechanics that are involved from the first person. I mean, first-person is the problem. That's the I'm going to tell you right that's now. That's what it is. It's okay, the no, problem that's, because... Right, that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Because dual joysticks are something I suck at, as you have I wouldn't noted. say suck, but okay, she's nice. not good at it. <laughs> so I'm not particularly good at it. And, and I don't... I mean, I, I understand that if a game is in the third person you still can't see what's behind you. Right. But the world looks so much bigger when you're in the third person. Like, you can see a lot more of what's in front of you of and view. stuff. Yeah. yeah, your field of view is larger. Yeah. And that's that's what I don't like. It's the dual joysticks, which I would like if I wasn't total shit at them, but I'm total shit at them. Or just not good, as my boyfriend kindly likes to say. Um, She's really not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because that I could be into if I was good at it, but I'm not. And then it's the, the field of view problem. Yeah, I gotta say, and now and now we're going on a bit of a tangent, but sure. you, because you didn't play first-person shooters, and because you were a Nintendo cider yep. in the Great Console Wars, yep, you missed out on having that second joystick. I did for like a decade, and I stopped playing games when that became a thing. There was like yeah. a there was like a period in my life, like five or six years, where I didn't really play video games right. in the middle, and that was like just at the introduction of first-person shooters right. in terms of like um, GoldenEye, right, moving forward. Um, and the dual joystick thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, even, like, on PlayStation 1, I know there were two joysticks, but they were well, not was used a, in quite the same way. Because the original PlayStation 1 controller had no joysticks. Oh, my God. Excuse me. <laughs> Just threw my phone away. Um, yeah, the original controller did not have joysticks. Yeah. Oh. You could get an analog controller. Oh, yeah, yeah. It has right. vibration and two joysticks. But yeah. unless the game enabled that or made it mandatory, you didn't ever have to play. That's exactly right. I forgot. Um, then, so, yeah. So, that's how I missed it. And, it, it was, and GameCube it, had two joysticks. but Useless. The st- yeah, the C-stick was not The C-stick was not wasn't really same. a joystick. Right, yeah. Yeah, it was just like more like a thrusting stick. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, no, because I did play a couple of games that tried to use the two joysticks the same, but the problem is those joysticks are not the fucking same. Right. The C-stick is a little fucking chode of a stick. Yeah. Um, and the other stick is like a proper stick. Right. Um, yeah, so you missed out, and I guess that's why you're, you have issues sometimes nowadays. Yeah, it's uh, true. To control the boat. It's true. Because when you watch her play Doom, and again, she's pretty good, considering that she yeah, didn't have I a do lot fine. of experience with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But you can see moments when you're just watching the screen where she will pause because she doesn't know which stick does what. <laughs> and it's not bad. <laughs> it's totally But it definitely true. gets hectic during it's... Doom because they're very unrelenting. Yeah. Those bad guys. They're not like, hold on. She's figuring it out. Wait. <laughs> There's like a big skull-faced monster running at you at all times. It's really true. Um, okay. <laughs> so, let's, uh, I guess let's begin to wrap up here. So, we started. I'm like, you, have, you, have, you have stuff? No, I'm just checking that so we, covered, sure we covered. Yeah, I points, think we yeah. covered everything on my notes. Because we started the conversation with you on the side of story over gameplay, though both are important. And I was on the side of gameplay over story, though both are important. Mm-hmm. We both agree that Last of Us is probably the pinnacle of gaming for both of those things. Right. But I, And I will admit, too, there are some shit gameplay things in Last of Us. There's bits where like Ellie's walking around. Oh, like, those she's, are the she's worst not doing bits. Anything. Yeah, it's not really gameplay, but it does take you out of it from a gameplay perspective because you're like, I stepped on a stick two chapters ago, right? And now this guy hears it and right. it's coming at me. But Ellie's whistling Dixie, right? With his head, with her head like she's like talking all the into her butt, time. yeah, <laughs> right? and no one hears anything. And so sometimes you're it's like, true. all right, well that's stupid, you know. It's so true. Or other times we're like, you know, you've got this weapon enabled, and you know you should be able to hit this person because you've done it several times, and then it just won't because of whatever, right? So it definitely has its faults, mm-hmm. and it's definitely a stronger story game than it is a gameplay game, right? Like I would much rather play the Uncharted series, which is made by the same team. Sure. Though those stories aren't as compelling. They're pretty good, and they get better as they move on. Yeah, forward. not nearly as compelling. Not nearly as compelling, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if we... So if we re-up right now, I'm just going to say I'm still on the side that gameplay is Yeah, I think important. I'm still on the side that I think, for me, story is more important. But it's interesting, too. I don't know why I was thinking of this when you were when you were saying all of that, but it's kind of interesting, too, because obviously I'm a big, long-time Zelda fan. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I was just thinking, like, where do those games fall? And honestly, those games I think fall more on the gameplay, gameplay than they do on the story. Though some of the ones I like best, you'll also are the ones note, you like the stories are this 
ones with the better stories. Um, so that's Ocarina kind of, of time. Majora's Mask. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Twilight Princess. I love that story. Anyway, um, but that's kind of interesting. I mean, obviously gameplay matters. I'm not here to suggest that it doesn't. But I think maybe maybe more what it is is it's uh, maybe We Happy Few is a really great example because it's like I think what attracts me to a game initially is a story. Once I play it, gameplay matters obviously because it's in my hands yeah. and I have to play it. So if the gameplay is shit, then I'll hate it. Um, but I don't know that like I think for you there are times based on some games that you play where you're just like, isn't this fun? Like the gameplay of it attracted you. Like you saw a trailer for Grow Home, right? This sure little robot game I play where you climb a beanstalk and you have to make it go up in the air super high. Yeah, it's like n- not a lot to it, but I saw it and people were having fun, and I was like, I need to play this game. Or even things more simple than that, like that stupid. Um, well, always so, a great way to start. Sorry, like, but it's stupid because it's a frustrating game. That sure. game, uh, that mobile game where you tap the thing and you jump. You have that little cube. Oh uh, yeah. Um, What's that game called? It's like Impossible Game or... Uh, <laughs> is that actually game. what it's called? Something like that. I just uninstalled it. It is the Impossible <laughs> Game. Yeah. Oh, it's Geometry... Geometry something. Okay. Well, yeah. the point is that's yeah. 100% gameplay. Even more so... my phone away. Yeah. Even more so than Grow Home. Right. Um, and I think that attracted you too because you're like, wouldn't it be fun to tap this thing? And mm-hmm. I'm like, why would that be attractive? Right. But... Once I play it, I'm always like, oh, it yeah. is fun. Right, right. <laughs> but you have to like put it in my hands. Because right. like, gameplay is never going to sell itself to me, just based on gameplay alone. Well, Maybe I expect too much. I expect games to have good gameplay. Right. Like, well, <laughs> It's and, a video game. Well, you can't play it. It's possible, too, because like, if you're a little bit more selective in the games that you actually invest in, mm-hmm. you've allowed other people to vet that information for you. That's true. So maybe you haven't had situations where you're just like, what is this? Right. Um, Gameplay-wise. Right. Because I would say, too... I'm thinking of... Um, who, what's his name? Gavin on Achievement Hunter? Yeah. He's, does he do the rage quits? No, no. it's Michael. Michael. Michael oh. does the rage quits. I was just thinking of that, like, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, he does that Winnie the Pooh batting game. <laughs> the Winnie yeah. the Pooh batting game. There's some shit gameplay for you right there, you know? He's like, Gavin <laughs> Piglet! Man, we're going to watch that out. after this. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, Let's man. watch it twice. So funny. <laughs> um... Well, okay, but like, so you play that cooking game. Oh, yeah, I love that cooking game. But oh, what, all gameplay. Yeah, all gameplay, right? Because there's totally no story. Right. No, you're totally right. I mean, I guess technically you're a restaurant entrepreneur, but it's not like <laughs> anybody talks about that. No, you're that's not true. like, wow, Amanda, you have so many restaurants. Well, and I really liked Cooking Mama, too. Speak- right, I like right. cooking games, apparently, and they're all well, like that. And, and, well, some of them are a little bit like inventory management y. But that's like the gameplay. Yeah, that's, like, the, that's gameplay, the game. That's the game. And that being said, I'm not saying this to detract from your original argument, because I think if you're going to pick a game to, like, fight people about. It's going to be one that's more story-driven. It's totally true. Like, you're not going to be like, what do you mean you don't like Cooking World 2009? Or whatever it's called. (laughs) 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 What's it called? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're not going to, like... Argue the merits of like how that's like a real game and it's that people don't. Cooking hit. fever. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 2009 or no, 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 no year? just cooking fever. Okay. It's a mobile game. Everybody played. It's lots of fun. <laughs> um, because it's just fun. Yeah, but it's it, just fun. And but yeah, so I so that's not to detract away from your story. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point. And then I wonder what attracts me then to games like that because I've always played like cooking games and I was into like Farmville on Facebook and like, yeah. stuff like that. Well, because um, I wonder too then, especially now in like 2016. If you kind of, in your own way of cataloging games in your head, um, just think of other games to be more worth the title of a game. Mm. Like you don't like you tell people like, oh, what are you playing? You know, what are you playing? You'll say Life is Strange, Doom. Yep. yep. Play Rocket League with my boyfriend. He's, right. He's really good at it. Um, <laughs> he is you, really good at it, guys. But you probably won't. Don't let him know. <laughs> you probably won't mention that game. No, I would never mention Cooking Fever. Because it's just something I play on the train when I'm bored. Sure, but right. I mean, that's an hour-long train ride. It's true. And if you play for half an hour, that's some time. I mean, I've beat it like a hundred times. They there keep you adding go. more yeah. levels. You have to wait for them <laughs> to catch up to you. I do. Um, I mean, because even when I do that other podcast, the one that shall not be named. Sherlock's Gaming Podcast. Damn it. <laughs> um, I, when we do like a What Have You Been Playing This Week. Yeah, you I, mention And I mention games. games a lot because... Yeah. Well, you spend a lot of time playing them, more than I do, I think. Playing yeah, I'm playing games. in my car, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, Not when he's driving, folks. Well, unless it's Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but so to me, it's like, you know, so I'll go home and I'll play the game that, like, I have to dedicate an hour to, but right. I really appreciate the game I could play for five minutes. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what I like about that grow home game. Yeah. Uh, because I don't really have to dedicate a lot of time. I could get in and play for 30 minutes. It's kind of fun. Save. Done. Yeah, I have to say, with story-based games, too, like Life is Strange and The Walking Dead, that's one of the worst things about those games. Right. I, like, only play Life is Strange. The reason why I'm only on episode three, even though I've had it for a couple weeks now, yeah. and theoretically I, I could have beaten it by now, but I, like, time. I like wait until I have a three-hour fucking window to play it, literally, yeah. because right. I want to play the whole episode. Yeah. And it does matter, because sometimes, like, you'll learn something at the beginning of that episode that you need to remember at the end. Right. And if I played it over the course of a week, I have a shit memory, so trust right. me, there's not something I'm gonna remember so um so anyway but yeah and yeah. I think that sucks about story games that you can't just pick them up for five minutes because right. even Doom I've picked up Doom for five minutes before I really have because yeah. as long as you get to a checkpoint you get a point you get a little flash of red thing you're like oh done good. and I've literally played for seven minutes or yeah. whatever and yeah it's kind of nice to do that it is nice yeah. it's great because, because can't play Life is Strange for seven minutes yeah and not to take away anything from those games but I mean just media in general it feels like it asks so much of you. Like, we've talked about um, yeah. the Marvel TV it's shows. It's true. It's like, God, I have to commit to fucking two seasons of Daredevil, a season of Jessica Jones. I have to wait for Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and then I get to watch The Defenders. Well, and it's not even just that. I'm always constantly complaining about all movies, not just superhero movies, but certainly they are a major perpetrator right. of just being too fucking long. I don't have two and a half hours to dedicate yeah. to you. Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> I mean, Star you. Wars, maybe I do. But like... Hashtag some other she shit. doesn't. Um, <laughs> so the first time we watched Star Wars Episode 7, Amanda falls asleep okay, before up, the up. big thing at shut the up, end. Shut up, shut up. And then let me tell you shut this up. too. Shut up. We were watching Star Wars like two weeks ago. And I fell asleep again. I fell asleep. We haven't even finished it yet. That's it's true. Still being, That's it's still true. waiting. I'm sorry. So she has no time for your... For your it's stories. I mean, and for your character development. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> Jerry will tell you the truth, too, though. Like, literally, last Friday, we watched this movie called Carriers. Yeah. And I, I picked it up, and I'm just curious how long it was before we put it in. We were going to watch it anyway. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's like an hour and 23 minutes yeah. or some shit. And I looked at him, and I said... This is a fucking movie. <laughs> so I was just like yeah. so excited that I was under city for two and a half hours that I don't yeah. want to spend right. well, doing this one thing. And it's changed the way I've had to watch movies because she can't watch nighttime movies because unless she's like really invested in it and obviously not. Hashtag Star Wars. Um, yeah, she she can't stay up. So we watch matinees. Cheaper. Totally fine. It's great. Uh, but you do miss out on like the proper theater experience by like seeing it when other people are seeing it. Uh, I hate seeing what other people are seeing it. I know, but like sometimes it's nice. Like you watch Bad Moms. And yeah. like, and I understand that you didn't get all the jokes or whatever, but you're going to get it again on Netflix at some point. Sure. So it's just nice to know like, okay. Other people think this movie's yeah, funny. Yeah, I'm not right. the only idiot here. You right. know? Like otherwise, if we're watching like Spider-Man 2 or like Amazing Spider-Man 2 alone in the morning and we're like, how do we feel about this? We're not getting audience Then we can decide for cues. ourselves how we feel about but this. But don't you like... I, and you're not a sheep. You're very, <laughs> you're a very awesome individual. But sometimes don't you like want to be part of like the thing? Yeah, I used to... Um, it's funny that you say that because I used to go to movies alone a lot before I met Jerry. Yeah. Um, and I loved doing it and it's actually because of what you're talking about. When you're alone, you're like so aware of the people around you in a way that you're not when you're just with one other person. Mm. Um or when you're with your friends or whatever. I guess if you're in a group or something, too. Because, like, because you're alone. Right. So, like, you don't have the person to, like, lean to and be like, wasn't that crazy? Right. Or, like... Right. So you try you to know take... they're laughing or whatever. When other people gasp or whatever in the audience, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean... Like, <laughs> you're like, these are my friends. <laughs> well, because I have, like... I have fond experiences, like, midnighting the first Star Trek by J.J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah. And I remember sitting there, and you know, I, you hear the murmurs when, like, the first time the Enterprise shows up, you know, or the first time you see someone in a red shirt, you know? It's just, like, fun, because you're in a room of people who get it. Well, that's the thing. If you have people who get it, like, I have really fond memories. I went um, midnight to the first Hunger Games movie. Right. And it was awesome. People were cosplaying, yeah. and... They were so excited, and that was particularly cool because we had not yet seen a Hunger Games movie. Right. So this was just a room full of people who loved this book, yeah. or these books. Um, so it was really great to see their reactions as, like, characters were revealed. Like, yeah. when we saw a fucking Prim's cat, or whatever, whatever right, the fuck right. his name is, people were like, oh, you know, like... Fluffy like, nuts, I think. <laughs> whatever the fuck its name was. Um, there were these moments like that um, that were really nice. 
on the flip side, if you go to a fucking, especially if it's not opening weekend, you go to like a seven o'clock movie a couple weeks after it's been out or whatever, like those aren't the people that you have there. No, and it's true. <laughs> right. But I mean, we did, but like we saw Suicide Squad opening weekend. We did. Could have been a good crowd to see it with. Could also could not have been. Yeah. Because I will say, me and my, my friends, we midnighted The Last Airbender. Mm. Yikes. Terrible movie, but it was also just an interesting experience to walk out of it with 250 other people who were also disappointed. Yeah, I bet because that was then you hilarious. you know, right? Like it was a shit movie. I, yeah, yeah, like, it wasn't, it wasn't just, just me. me. Yeah, right. like I didn't just not get it. Good like, point. Yeah. So, but again, you're paying double. Yeah, you have to deal with crowds, parking, finding a seat. Whatever. Well, and you have to go. You have to go that opening weekend. Right. Maybe even that first day, because like we did Star Wars. It didn't have to be midnight, but we did Star Wars even though I fell asleep and stopped ruining my streak head and making it sound like I hate Star Wars. She loves Star Wars. She just can't watch them. In one sitting. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we yeah. went at like 9 o'clock or something, but it was on the Thursday on night the Thursday, before it least, opened, yeah, and, yeah. and that was an amazing experience, yeah. because all those people wanted to be there that right. badly and I mean, it's very akin to like the end of Fanboys, right? Right. Where like you get the people and they're waving their lightsabers and yeah, stuff, and no, it's just totally. nice. It's like, it's but a very... It, but I think that has less to do, I mean, it has something to do with being at night, because it would have to be at night to be one of those things, yeah. but I'm just saying, just going to the movies at night is not going to solve your problem. No, no, no. Right. Yeah. No, rightfully so. But I yeah, mean, like, there are times why. where it's like, I want to see this movie on a Friday night, but I feel like we can't. Right. Because some of them are going to go to sleepy times. Because I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> right. So we'll see it Sunday morning, totally fine, but we're seeing it after people are getting out of church. You know, <laughs> so mom and pa get out to go watch Sausage Party, and then halfway through they walk out because they realize it's not a Pixar film, but it's actually a movie about dicks. Or whatever. I heard Sausage Party was so good, by we the way. We should watch it. Yeah, we, maybe this weekend we'll go. All right, so that that's about it this week. So Not we, at 10 o'clock in the morning. I promise we can go at night this week. No, let's go at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> let's go at 7. 7 in the morning. <laughs> um, all right, so thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dangerous to Go Alone. Um, if you want to, follow us on Twitter. Go to at DangerAlonePod. Find us on Tumblr at d2ga.tumblr.com where I update every time I put out an episode and that is it. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, follow me personally on Twitter at jay underscore rey. Um, call Amanda's cell phone at 555-555-5555. Was that the right number of numbers? I don't know. Someone I don't think it was. Let me know in the comments. <laughs> um, as always, please leave a review on iTunes or hit me up on Facebook because mostly my friends listen to this and Amanda's friends. So just tell us that we're really funny and that we're like the cutest couple ever. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, what, what do you got? You know anything? Uh, brokenjars.xyz. Oh, bitches. Fudge, I didn't say that at all. Yeah, we are a member of the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network. So go to brokenjars.xyz. Uh, check out all the other podcasts. I do a really funny office podcast. It's it's kind of funny. It's pretty funny. But The Office is a funny show. It is. So we're talking about funny stuff. That's true. Um, check out Shylock's Gaming, where I fight with other people about video games. Um, there's a lot of good shows. If you guys are into the Dresden Files, they do a Dresden Files podcast. Jim Butcher, who I believe is the author of those books, uh, was on an episode just two weeks back or so. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and a lot of other fun stuff. And a big what up to Tiny Build, which is a game developer who sponsors Broken Jars. They make such great games as Speedrunners, No Time to Explain, and Cluster Truck. Cluster Truck is the greatest name for a game I've ever heard in my life. After I'm we, just going to say that right now. After you watch the Rage Quit for Winnie the Pooh baseball game, watch that trailer. Okay. You'll, you'll love it. I'm excited. Um, all right. And we will see you next week. Dun, dun, dun. Bye, guys. 